What is up, everybody? Jim to my right, Mr. Ryan Muckenhern, across from us right now. Going to prime the pump a little bit. Mark. Ryan. <laughs> You've been, uh, what? It's amazing. I don't know where you come up with this stuff. Yeah, it comes to me. Uh... You've been doing a little bit of thought, thinking. You've been doing a thought, Ryan. You had a thought. One. You've had some observations The, tru- the as two, of late. The two brain cells in my head currently competing for third place have come together. Finally ran into They're each other. creating friction. Yeah. Ran into each other and said, hey, small world. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we got a couple cartridges up here right now. I guess the cartridge itself, you know, matters somewhat. I guess that's where you've made this initial observation. Um, reloading components can be a little bit challenging these days, Ooh. right? Yep. And uh, I think actually I brought this cartridge to your desk, and you said, "Well, that's curious." In fact, is this enough priming of the pump? We can we can start talking about your your observation. Oh, Mark, I'm primed. You're ready to go. Yeah. Ryan's got his sound check. Prime time, baby. We are ready. What did what what did you notice? Uh, so Mark brought some hundred, or well, I actually don't know the weight, 130 terminal I believe set. they're 130s, yeah. Uh, 6.5 Creedmoor. Yeah. To my desk. He's like, hey, I want to use this on a hunt. Cool. I flipped the case over and I noticed that the uh, primer on the back was much smaller. It's a small rifle primer as opposed to the large rifle primer found conventionally on this case in hmm. hunting ammunition. Hmm, that's curious. It was, yeah. I was, it was like, what the devil? Uh, so th- this was really cool. And... Something crossed my mind at that moment. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. Small rifle primers in cases like this, nothing new, right? This has been out for a while. Um, we look at things like 308 Palma Brass, or we look at uh, Lapua, um, and they're small rifle primed cases. Um, something that was well-rooted and well-seated in the uh, precision rifle community, the bench rest community, the F-class community. Right. Yeah, small rifle primers, no sweat. But you really never saw it in this class of uh, case in the hunting scene. Like kind of like a commercial hunting cartridge. Is that kind of where you're getting at? Bingo. Yeah. Um, I scoured the internet for any mention of this publicly. Nothing. Uh, people had observed it, but nobody, like there was not any grand fanfare about now with small primers. I thought, well, that's cool. Why? So we, we came up with, uh, I think, two or three hypotheses on, mm-hmm. on this. Um, one, either... Because these things are impossible to find. <laughs> I know it, right? Yeah. That's, what as, did good, you that's just, as good as money. Yeah. Some people who are listening on their you know, home radios oh, yeah. are wondering what you just pulled out. Oh, that would be a brick of federal gold <laughs> metal home match. radios. Yeah, you know, everybody gathers around at home in their living room. around Their the ham radio. radio. Yeah, the radio and a fire and... Dad smoking a show. pipe and watching, or I was say watching the paper. Mm-hmm. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> listening to the paper. Uh, Are we some sort of modern day fireside chat right now? I hope so. Boy, wouldn't that be neat? Yeah, That'd be fun. Uh, this is a, a brick of large rifle primers, specifically yes. gold medal match magnum, large rifle primers. Um, can't find them. They're they're hard to come by. Or if you do come by them, they're generally very expensive. So I've been looking for a new stash of um, large rifle primers now for several years and I have not been super successful in pinning any down. So anyway, back to the hypotheses. Uh, A, because of the component difficulties and complexities, um, the ballisticians at Federal said, hey, let's build it around small rifle primers. B, 
Which yeah. are easier to come by. Seems to be. So I've had no problem buying large or small rifle primers in the past couple of months. Okay. I yeah. would be curious, like, what would the difference be? Well, this is a great question. Let's get to the other uh, okay. yeah, the hypotheses. Okay. Hypotheses. Um, B, they established some ballistic like advantage to running it, of which some of the bench rest and precision shooters have touted for decades. Um, or C, it makes no difference, and um, you can get the primers and put them in there, and they work. So just like interchangeable, whatever's available, put it in, off you go. Sure. Okay. So critics of the small rifle primer in this class of case have said, ah, you'll have poor cold weather ignition, um, potentially. This is the things I've read and have been told. What is that, just because you got a smaller spark? Yep, smaller flame volume. And in cold weather, you might have an issue uh, torching off, you know, 45 to 48 grains of powder, okay. potentially. Um, and then I thought about that a little bit. I was like, okay, first time I ever saw a small primed case of this class was a cartridge called 6.5 by 47 Lapua, okay. um, which originates in Finland. And there's some interesting things about Finland is for a lot of months out of the year, it's really cold. Sure. And that mm. cartridge excels in cold weather competitions. I thought, well, heck, maybe that might not be that true in this class of case. Interesting. Yes. So, Mark, that's where now you jump in and say the thing you were going to say. Wait, I, I forgot my lines. <laughs> Why would what? they have done this? Could there be an advantage? How do we find out? How do we oh, know? okay, we are getting there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're there. So, yeah, so how do we test these hypotheses, Ryan? Yeah, you're going to need some sort of weather machine. Well, by golly, Marty. <laughs> well, uh, we have that. We have a, a device that we use for, for testing optics here that we can um, change the temperature within this chamber really quickly. And we can go to extraordinarily cold temperatures very fast. So basically that'll save us a lot of time versus, you know, actually either waiting for the weather yeah. or, or creating uh, weather, which right. the government can do. Um, tinfoil hat? Honestly, Comment I'm, below. I mean, anybody who's living in Wisconsin and Michigan right now at the yeah. time of this recording is probably in agreement with that. They're 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 trying to bake us out of here. <laughs> Something's going on. Something's, Something's fishy. Yes. Uh, right. So you've uh, you've uh, I guess uh, developed a um, an experiment, or or we've we've set a, we've a got scientific process for testing. We're going to do we're going to do our best with the equipment that we have. So, got a hold of some top tier brass, small. Top brass. Small primer pocket and large primer primer pocket from the Alpha Munitions Company. They make the phenomenal rifle brass, right? So I have some small and some large in 6.5 Creedmoor and in 308. For this test, we're going to do 6.5 Creedmoor. Oh, can I ask one question? Fire away. This hypothesis is based mostly on cartridges of, though I guess it would fall within the kind of like that 6.5 Creed 308, 308 bracket-ish. Yeah. Like, you know... Probably not going to do the small rifle primer experiment in like a 300 wind mag or something like that. No, because now we have a tremendous amount of powder volume that right. we have to ignite. But right. in this class of case, um, so we've got this awesome alpha brass, um, small rifle primer pocketed, uh, 6.5 and 308, and large, 6.5 and 308. 
And we're going to set them up. I've got a whole bunch of primers ranging from CCI 400s, CCI 41s, CCI 450s. Um, so that's their small rifle, their military primer, um, their small rifle magnum. And then I have just large rifle standard and large rifle magnum. Um, I forgot the numbers now. Uh, in the large rifle category. And what I plan to do is test them at room temperature, 31 degrees Fahrenheit, so just a tick below freezing, mm-hmm. and zero degrees Fahrenheit. And what I want to see is, one, do I notice immediately any ignition issues once we get to the colder weather stuff? Do I see any massive discrepancy in velocity? Do I see any degradation or improvement in accuracy? Um, and try to keep things as consistent and even Steven as possible to do this. Because, Mark, I have a lot of small rifle primers. I don't have a lot of large rifle primers. And if if a brass change is all I need to do to get to a small primer pocket, and then I can use the components I have into the future, well, golly. Do you think that temperature is really the only variable here? Like, is there anything else that would come into play with small versus large rifle sure. primers, even just at, let's, you know, you're shooting it and it's between 60 and 80 degrees? Powder type, um, speed right. of, of burn, so like a fast versus a slow, um, absolutely can be affected. Uh, Are you going to want to select a powder with a specific uh, burn rate? So I'm going to pick, at random, H4350, because I've loaded a lot of H4350. I have a lot of H4350, and it's appropriate in this case with the bullets okay. that I'm going to be testing it with. And you're going to do the same powder and the same volume, basically the same reloading procedure, literally all across the board. The only thing that's going to change is the primer size. Primer size and then temperature. And the temperature, correct. Yep. So it's going to be the same recipe. Mm-hmm. And this might not be optimal either, right? Like there could be a situation in which we tune the load a little bit differently and we have a dramatically different outcome. Right. That's what I was wondering because sure. it seems like you can almost, with a, with with reloading and cartridges and things like that, like it, it seems as though... There's almost always something you can change to make something else work. 100%. There's so much, mm. uh, uh, I don't know, leeway or something like that or, or variability. Yep. I mean, we've seen it before where somebody just, you know, two different guns in two different locations in the country and you give your preferred loading for 6.5 Creedmoor, we're talking about a lot here, to another reloading enthusiast who's just starting out and they try it and it doesn't work at all but nope. it works great for you yep. in your gun and so they have to go in and they have to tweak things from neck tension to powder charge to powder tight to i mean all kinds of stuff yep. how much they seat the bullet how much it's jumping versus jamming and so like it 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 makes me wonder i get the test that we're gonna do you have to start somewhere mm-hmm. but it's almost like there's just there's infinitely many tests one can do on bullets. That's probably why entire bullet companies with entire ballistician departments and uh, testing research and development testing departments exist. In fact. Don't you think? So I'm going to take the architecture. I mean, that's, that's one hypothesis, Jim. <laughs> that's Speaking take, of hypotheses. I'm going to take the architecture of one load that I have that I already know shoots good. That's what I was going to say. You've got, you've got a known entity here. Sure, I do. With sure. the rifle and... Yep. Yeah. And I'm going to change the primer. Yeah. And the temperatures. Uh, yeah, and then see what happens. My hope is that it still works and that we can see some sort of uh, you know tangible result right. out of there. Either, One way or the other. Either same yep. or improvement. Or Before, boy, wouldn't that be nice? That'd be cool. Yeah. Before you even fuddle with the temperature, I'm interested just to see if there's any change when we just go in zero and shoot groups of them. Yes. Because 
I guess the, the primer size is just one of those things that, unless you're some you know, enthusiast like yourself, Ryan, who would flip it over and be like, wow, I'm astounded by the difference in millimeters or whatever it is of these primer sizes. I mean, I never would have even thought anything of it. It was I bought that ammo one year to go hunting with, and the previous year I bought something else, and I never noticed the difference in primer size. It's not like when you go and buy this ammo, this werewolf ammo here. I don't even remember what it is. That's what I call it, though. Um, <laughs> terminal sense. Sure. Uh, it, Works for it's werewolves, not like, too. Yeah. Well, it's not like when you look at the box, it's not like, no, with small rifle primers. No. Like, they don't even no. mention it, no. right? So it's kind of one of those under-the-radar things. Are we actually potentially exposing one of their greatest secrets to making... I don't think so. Um, no, just... Doing a, a fair amount of reading on this on the various depths of the internet, um, I've seen a lot of people conduct this test in different iteration. Different cartridges, same cartridge, different powders, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. And have found results that are um, sometimes compelling, sometimes inconclusive, sometimes, I mean, just out there. It, it seems it seems that there's not a definitive answer necessarily. As you noted, um, individual Firearms, um, individual loading practices, uh, or components used end up with different results. Mm-hmm. And it was difficult to pin something down. I have heard people say, oh, a small primer is going to guarantee you better accuracy. I, I read through one very, very good test uh, where actually the gentleman found that that was not the case. It was, in fact, the opposite. He saw um, wider SDs, wider ESs, uh, in a general uh, reduction of accuracy by switching to the small. Do you know... Mark's about How to ask extensive his testing was? It was very good. It was? Uh, yeah, okay. it, was, it was pretty robust. He was he was doing everything in 10 and 20 round lots. He was trying to keep his brass once fired. He ended up getting into some twice fired brass for some of it. Not that I think that's that huge a deal. Um, nonetheless, it was a very good test. I was I was riveted the whole time I, I read it. You know I don't like to read good. Uh, so it was it was very good. It was it was very well thought out and well done. Um, and I'm hoping to you know scratch the surface on that and see if there's any compelling reason why I should or shouldn't use large or small in this class of cartridge. Can we do some more barroom hypotheses here? Oh, please. Uh, what would the what would one think? Whether it's just sort of uh, intuitive thinking or guesstimation or whatever, what would make one think that a certain primer size would cause your performance to be better or worse in terms of like let's just say accuracy are people thinking that i mean like right off the bat i'm trying to go through my head like what would make a difference and i'm thinking okay so if you have a large primer and you ignite that and you have basically a larger amount of spark or flame Mm -hmm. coming out of that into the case you would potentially be igniting more powder at once upon ignition and therefore potentially more uniform burning of the powder than if you had a smaller spark or flame coming into the the powder charge that would light a little bit of it and then cause it to, you know what I mean? Like more yeah. of a, a, a longer chain reaction than with a large primer, which would maybe ignite it more all at once. I th- This is just stuff that, you know, me not knowing a whole lot about all this, like things I have been told. actually make the difference. Yeah, things that I have been told and things that I have read. A large primer may have too much flame volume relative to the, the powder column or powder capacity space of the case mm-hmm. and then the powder in there. And may actually begin to push your bullet out of the case prior to the like detonation of the powder. 
that's actually that's kind of as Jim was talking through that. I was like, well, maybe with the small rifle primer, less spark, you know, gets it going, and it's like potentially even like a more of a controlled burn. You're letting yeah. the powder do what it was supposed to do alone without any assistance of the spark from the large primer. Right. It's almost like a large primer could be interrupting some of what the powder is supposed to be doing or yep. something like that. Well, doing. too much, too fast. Yeah, yeah. So we've seen this in muzzleloaders, specifically in lines, where when those came out uh, and came on scene and the, the 209 primer became kind of the gold standard of ignition, um, some, sometimes, depending on the propellant used or the projectile used and how much bore seal or, or uh, bullet tension there was inside of that barrel, you'd start scooting that barrel or that bullet along in the bore and then the powder would detonate. Mm. So they created like reduced power primers. Hmm. Remember those? Yeah. The muzzleloader primers? Yeah. Yep. It says like four muzzleloader on them. Right. And then when propellants like Blackhorn 209 came on scene, they definitely do not recommend them because they need more oomph to right. ignite. And so we've seen before on the range, somebody shows up with Blackhorn 209 and muzzleloader of their choice and they've got muzzleloader primers says it right on it sense and they get like a hang fire like click boom or mm-hmm. they get no ignition hmm. and so it's kind of the inverse of that to say it on the box <laughs> <laughs> so possibly that that too much flame in a case this size with a uh, powder capacity of that amount could be pushing our bullet out of the case prior to the ignition sequence, which could lead to inconsistency, degradation of accuracy, expanding of ES and SD figures. I've heard that small primer pockets, because there's just simply more material at the case head and web, result in a stronger case, and you can get away with more pressure. I mean, is that incorrect? More material, in theory, should be stronger, right? I'm not looking to make a load um, in a 6.5 Creedmoor that emulates that of a 6.5 PRC. Uh, I just want reliable ignition, good accuracy, flat SDs and ESs, um, and the ability to use primers that I have a quantity of when it's hard to find a quantity of those that I do not. Not into really snoozing it up, all right? Not, not really, no. Um, and it's perfect. 308, 6.5 Creedmoor. These two cases kind of stand on their own. Sure. Just fine with the minimum 13 pieces of flare. That's, hey, minimum required amount. I get it. Light and fast. I mean, Jim, you'd have 37 pieces of flare. <laughs> but uh, the fact of the matter is, we don't know. We, we don't. We're going to find out. Yeah. I'm excited to use, I've never had fancy brass. This is nice brass. I'm excited to use the weather machine. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Never used that thing. It sat down there for a long time, and it's like, oh, cool, we're going to put ammo in there and see what happens when it gets cold or hot or otherwise. And, um, yeah, now, now we get to do it. We put the ammo in there and test it cold, test it hot. We're going to get a lot of requests to use this thing for all kinds of other stuff, I can just imagine. Yeah. You want to take a, on a hot day, for instance, you want a cool drink, but you don't want to water it down with ice, put it in there. Got it. Yeah. So there's that yeah. for sure. Um, I was just thinking other tests. Too. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there could be some good. I've always wanted to see how much temperature affects your zero. Yes. Always wanted to see it. Yes. The product development team is going to be like, why is my rifle scope covered in pina colada? 
<laughs> there's, a, there's a mix up. There's a yeah. classic mix yeah. up. It started out as a test, you know, with a weather machine, and then it turned into. <laughs> Not when we were making the ammo, it was after. It's like uh, it was called the weather machine. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. I have no idea how to run it. Kellen's going to give me a 411 on it. We'll figure sure it out. Plug it in, press the buttons. What, yeah. it doesn't just have a cold button and a hot button? Uh, I think that it, you can pre-program it to to do, so I gave him the temperatures in which I'm going to target, and so he's going to he's oh. going to help me along. I guess I keep cool. picturing like a uh, industrial microwave that cools. Yeah. We'll see when yeah, I, when fun. we go look at it. I'll it's like that uh, Mitch Hedberg. That Mitch Hedberg bit, bit where he's talking about how to name appliances. You just add ER to the end of whatever it needs to do. Toast, er, refrigerate, er, freezer, er, ovener. Yeah. yeah, correct. Ovener. Um, I wonder what kind of microwaves you have to shoot into something to make it colder. I don't know. Something that stops the movement of the molecules. It's a freeze ray. Yes. There you go. We're off topic again. Slightly. Well, I'm excited. This is gonna be fun. Yeah, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, know more. Indeed. After we do this, so we'll have chronograph yeah. results. Um, we're gonna have accuracy results, best mm-hmm. to our ability to shoot. Uh, very subjective ignition results. It either went bang or it didn't. Yeah. Um, I should say it went bang in the appropriate amount of time expected, or it was delayed. Uh, yeah. That's true. I mean, I guess it is possible that. Something goes awry. So, well, I'm excited. We've uh, we've primed the pump. We've uh, laid the groundwork for this experiment. I like these ones where we kind of, uh, you know, hypothesize or talk about it, and then we have to pontificate, sort it out afterwards. I believe it's the first time that word has been used on this podcast. Maybe did we pontificate though? I thought that's what exactly what we just did. Maybe I could be wrong. I'm gonna look it up. Again, I, I couldn't tell you the last English class that I took or when or what we learned. Well, you're getting through life. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. What do you think? What do you think the results are going to be? Are you excited for the results like we are? I don't know, like fiddling around with this stuff. So, uh, Ryan, thank you for the observation. Like Jim said, without looking at these things side by side, not something I would have noticed. Easy to glaze over. So, cool. Until next time, everybody. Happy hunting and shooting, and uh, we'll be back at some point with some results. Cool. Bye. Bye. Bye.